Welcome to N20XX. This series takes the listener, year by year, into the future. From 2040 to 2195. If you like emerging tech, ecotech, futurism, permaculture, apocalyptic survival scenarios, and disruptive science, sit back and enjoy short stories that showcase my research into how the future may play out. The ship named the Al Gore is 412 feet long. Its two great hydrogen engines carry its crew of 26 across the ocean. Built in 2030 for Climate Corps, it belongs to a fleet of 54 similar ships. While earlier ships are mostly metal, the Climate Corps ships are made of a graphene-slash-plastic combination. The outside hull is painted gray and red but most of the inside isn't painted. Its 3D printed surfaces feel like polished stone. The ship would be too light if not for a bed of carbcrete poured into the bottom of its hull. The off-white, non-porous interior is much easier to clean, and after a few years of operation, it still feels new. 4. Boom-length arms reach out off either side of its deck. Floats on the end aren't meant to be in the water all the time but do keep the arms from dipping below the water. They can lift when needed and also extend and retract. Every time the ship crosses the ocean, the arms spray a liquid, a solution of nutrients and a certain bacteria. The bacteria take carbon out of the water to build shells. As the shells grow, they sink, removing carbon from the water, locking it up in hard material, and sending it to the bottom of the ocean where it'll stay for millennia. The ocean, depleted of carbon, will suck carbon from the air. This method pulls more carbon from the air than any other method natural or human-made in the history of our planet. Al Gore has been out at sea for 15 days. Below deck, Tessa and Reggie work together in the incubation bay. Space is tight and Reggie does his best to give Tessa room while she opens a panel to a microcontroller on the side of one of the 20-feet tanks. Windows in the tank show the bacteria culture a yellow fluid teeming with life, hungry for carbon at the moment. Reggie, a lanky, perpetually smiling botanist leans on a handrail behind Tessa. His iridescent strands of hair change color with every movement. I'm glad you're back. Are you sure your arm was crushed? I can't tell at all. I thought you'd be wearing a cast. Tessa touches linked metal probes to the board. They printed new bones for me. I didn't need a cast, just a bandage. Reggie says, I heard about that. There was that man who had half his skull printed. Tessa nods. Yes. His wife says he looks just like he did before the accident. This board seems fine, but I'll put a new one in. Chances are, I'll need to replace a sensor when the tank is empty. She pokes a screw head with her screwdriver pen and it makes a whirring sound while backing out the screw. Only four feet, five inches, she's short enough to be an oddity. When people tell her she should work in space, she knows what they mean. They don't call space personnel astronauts so much anymore. Now, space jockeys is just as popular a term. Having searched horse jockeys more than once, she grudgingly appreciates how being short is admired sometimes. 
As far as working in space, space companies are all run by the enemy to the people. The only reason she'd work for them is if she thought she could use that position to infiltrate. Besides, a ship at sea isn't so different from ships in the Great Black Sea of outer space. Large and tall people bump up against their surroundings continually. They meet with resistance, with every move they make. Tessa, on the other hand, moves through the ship like a cat, able to pass through tight spaces quickly and easily. Reggie looks through a tank window. That's good I guess. I was worried I might lose an entire batch. Tessa's thick, curly hair bounces as she turns to him and smiles. No worries. Trust snaky cat puppet. Reggie rears his head back, crinkles his brow, but smiles along with her. What's that? You don't know snaky cat puppet? No, oh my god, where have you been? Did your connect link break? In one motion, she takes out her foldable and lets it unfold. Hold on. She brings up tube. It's been online for a while but the latest one went so viral. He watches as a loveworn puppet bobs its head, moving its little mouth. Its cat head has pointed ears and large eyes, but the coils behind it give it the body of a snake. Speaking at a hypnotically slow pace, its voice sounds like an old woman doing a child's voice. Friend, this is always only about you and me. Everything we think about together is in the privacy of our time together. This is never about putting a message on a t-shirt. This is never about doing something in the world. This is just our time together. Together we will return to love. My dear friend, I want you to forget everything about worldly politics. I want you to forget about what makes the tension between you and others. Forget about what makes you better than others. Forget what makes you worse than others. Stop seeing enemies around every corner. At this moment, we will find love inside you. Reggie smiles uncertainly. Sounds religious. Tessa shakes her head. No, they never mention deities, or heaven or hell. Reggie leans in. I mean, it's kind of cool in a creepy way. Tessa moves her foldable like she may put it away. I think you need to watch a few of the videos to get a better idea. Snaky Cat Puppet continues. Forget what kind of clothes you wear. Just between you and me, drop the act. Let us go to that deepest part of ourselves. That is where love is. We can be perfectly okay with people being different because they are. They can't help it. They were born that way. People will always be different from you. You are alive. Everything you have been through for the past year, it is very important. Together, my friend, we can find love strong. We can feel it soothe the pain and discomfort. Life can be hard. Go inside yourself and it is waiting for you. You are alive. Life on Earth is a beautiful, powerful, intense experience. The video ends, but instead of playing a commercial at the end, her foldable goes silent and a bright, blue box covers the area where the video was. Reggie perks up. What just happened? Tessa sneers. Oh, that's my anti-commercial software. It cuts out all pay-to-show elements.
you can do that. Tessa shrugs. Sure. This software is new, but it'll be banned when it's discovered. She puts her foldable away. I refuse to watch commercials. I detest commercials. Reggie nods eagerly. Yeah, no, they're so annoying. One of Tessa's eyes twitches. It's worse than that. Commercials are brain spam. Commercials are mind viruses. They attack what makes us individuals. They use the latest in social engineering. They rape our minds. Her fists clench. Reggie backs up the steep, great stairs, ducking so he won't bump his head. Yeah, absolutely. When will we know about the panel? I can check it tomorrow. Okay, great. Talk then. He disappears through the hatch. Tessa collects her tools, putting each in its place on her tool belt. Later, Tessa sits in the mess hall eating a veggie, tofu sandwich. She sips her black coffee even though it's still too hot. Oh great, Ben and Rosemary sit down across from her. The ship's hot couple this year. Ben says, hi Tess. He's so confident. How confident would he be if he had chronic baggy eyes? They both grin well-meaningly at her. She smiles and looks down. Rosemary says to Ben, the children of Utopia, these are people who are very optimistic about restoring nature. They want to restore the swamp lands, bringing back wildlife, making the earth green again, cleaning the oceans, letting nature thrive, bringing back the Amazon rainforest. Rosemary speaks excitedly and Tessa and Ben are probably not the only two people in the mess hall turned on by it. Rosemary would probably get snaky cat puppet. Last year was Tessa's first year at sea and her horniness level multiplied as soon as the ship sailed. It shot up and has stayed up this whole time. It sucks because for the first time in her life she avoids girls because she's still trying to figure out how to deal with her lust. She gulps her coffee. Rosemary's voice is like an enticing melody. So many countries are taking carbon out of the air. Food production is concentrating in small urban centers instead of spreading out in giant fields. Nature has a real chance this time. We can grow forests. The world will be a beautiful place that the rich and poor can enjoy. Joy, the only other lesbian on board is clinging on to a long-distant relationship. And besides, Joy is goddess bless us this and goddess bless us that, day and night. Look at Ben adoring Rosemary. He probably can't hear a word she says, but he would jump off the side of the ship if she asked him to. Rosemary doesn't mind a bit. Soon people will be able to go skiing again, there'll be snow on the mountains. Soon people will be able to ride the rapids on great rivers again. Soon people will be able to go sailing on clean seas again. People will be able to go scuba diving and see beautiful reefs and sea life. Tessa downs the rest of her coffee and takes her tray between tables. In the last two years, Tessa has had one-night stands with three straight girls which she never would have done before going out to sea. She's goggled sea travel horniness and got nothing. Apparently, she's the only one. Something in the sea is doing it to her. Ben calls after her, Tessa, 
30s movie night tonight. Rosemary picked out the movies. Tessa nods and heads to the kitchen. She hasn't joined groups in the living room ever since last year. It's the commercials. She has a low tolerance for commercials. When she was a teen she always turned down the volume and averted her eyes when a commercial played. People won't accept spam in their mail, but they take in the much more invasive mind spam. Commercials play with your emotions. They bombard you with ideals meant to manipulate you, not ideals that would give you power over your life. If commercials were a person, nobody would be their friend. A couple of weeks later, on her day off, she sits in her quarters which is in the superstructure, what looks like a building above the deck. Most of the crew share quarters below deck. She and the five who make up the higher command, get private quarters away from the engines. She isn't higher command, but she's the only one who can fix all the computers, automations, and tech. She takes the mattress off her bunk platform and uses the platform as a desk, an in-real-life hack, hacking space, making the most of what she has. She has her own desk off from the helm but there's no way she wants anyone looking in on her. Her book monitor folds out to 12 by 30 inches, and she places it on the platform. When her monitor pairs with the ship network, she takes a necklace off and inserts a pendant drive into the back. Now she can fire up an isolated operating system that appears to the ship network like ordinary activity like sitcom streaming, online shopping, and paired devices updates. This shadow OS will fool anyone off the ship. She'd never run it on a company network except she is the only one with admin privileges and everyone else on board is a total moron when it comes to anything IT and networking. She starts streaming the news. It doesn't hurt to have some legit activity running on the Shadow OS. The news channel is silent and blue at the moment because her software won't let a commercial play. Fingers tapping away at the folding keyboard, she works on her pet project, Waddle be a brand new Shadow network that turns connect links to mini servers. Others have created such networks, but all the others can be tracked. Her baby will be watertight. Others run connect link to connect link. Hers runs through paired devices, and the average user has 5 to 200 devices paired to their connect link at any given time. Connect links make histories of when they communicate directly with other connect links but not so with device to device. She calls her software, Medusa. The many snake heads represent the paired devices. Its only drawback is no one has it running on their connect links. Should she even hope that one day she could get 10% of the population to install it? Any percent less and the coverage would be spotty to a point where most people would give up using it. It makes her impatient. Most people don't want to bother with anonymous surfing. Most people don't even bother being discreet with their information. How can she possibly get her software out there? It's great coding, on the bleeding edge, but it won't work on only a handful of devices. The news starts. Presidential hopefuls Liz Hunt and Lars Booth have nothing left to do but wait for the votes to come in. By a trick of ocean acoustics and wind, she hears voices booing and laughing through the open port window. Most of the crew are in the living room watching the election results roll in. Tessa's fingers rain on the keyboard like a steady shower.
New code grows on the monitor in red, green, orange, and black fonts. Down in the living room, 24 shipmates cram together. The wall monitor shows a larger-than-life ad. A chipper woman practically dances through a shopping center. Ever since I got my ConnectLink anklet, I have so much less to worry about. I forgot my foldable, but I could use my watch to pay for lunch, check my mail, and even unlock my car. I don't have to worry about it getting lost or stolen. I had it put on at the store. Durable, waterproof, and as light as a finger, I forget I'm even wearing it. It charges at night while I sleep with the help of a charging undersheet. The crew doesn't mind being pressed together. The air smells of patchouli and weed gum. There's a lot of cross-talk. Why don't we see what it looks like on VIX News? That's only fun when the Democrats are winning. I need to go to my locker. Does anyone want to come with me? In her quarters, Tessa gets a shadow video call and opens up. On her monitor, a realistic bunny head follows her movement. It says, Buzzsaw. She pulls her hands back from the keyboard. Hawkbit, what can I do you for? Though she's worked with Hawkbit for years she doesn't know their gender, age, or location nor does she care. To Hawkbit, she looks like a grizzly bear, the most masculine avatar she could find at the time. Their avatars can reproduce expressions, eye blinks, head movements, and mouth movements. Hawkbit twitches their whiskers. Have you been field running the commercial software? Tessa says, yeah, for sure. What do you think? Three times ads broke through. I took the liberty of patching the holes. This was after trying it out in all the conditions I could think of. Fabulous. Hawkbit's ears sway back and forth when they nod. Tessa says, I'll send you my bookmarked version. She hears a scream or cry. She switches from mellow to alerted and an icky feeling oozes through her. She looks in the direction it came from, down. Hawkbit's eyes grow wide. Is that you? What happened? The sounds coming from downstairs confuse Tessa. Is someone fighting? Was there an accident? Someone screaming bloody murder. I don't know, Hawkbit. I'll call you back. Okay. The video window closes. Tessa folds up and tucks away her monitor and keyboard. Someone's shouting. People are moaning, crying, what the hell. Her hands shake and she's tense. All weapons on board are kept locked up. Is the ship sinking? She grabs a life vest off the wall. As she steps through the door and heads to the stairs the commotion grows louder. Guinevere, running up the stairs, knocks Tessa down on her ass. Guinevere keeps running, moaning, and crying. Tessa chases after her. Gwyn, what's wrong? Tell me what happened. Guinevere runs out onto the deck of the ship. On the TV. I wanted to look away. She reaches the rail. Tessa catches up. Did one of the crew do something? Guinevere heaves, gasps, and slaps her own face. No. I don't want to remember it. 
Those slaps have to hurt. Remember what? Are you hurt? Guinevere is hysterical and doesn't make any sense. It's not right. Oh God no, take it away. Tessa backs away. Gwyn, I'm going to have a look. Come get me if you need me. Guinevere doesn't answer. Tessa isn't sure if Guinevere even heard her. Four others come up on deck. One of them, Clarence, folds up and falls against a wall where he rocks back and forth. Bethany, the quiet, overly particular girl walks to the rail like she's sleepwalking. No smoke, flames, or explosions, and yet Tessa fears for her life. Reggie comes out and Tessa heads toward him. He looks like he's seen his own dead body. He staggers forward, mouth slacken and open as he moans. His eyes are so wide open it looks like his eyeballs could pop out. Others run past him, running for their lives. They both lurch when a gunshot goes off and reverberates through the ship. She looks back to where Bethany was standing a moment ago, but Bethany isn't there anymore. Tessa runs to the rail. She fell overboard. She cries at the top of her lungs. Person overboard. She grabs the rail right where Bethany was and looks over but no sign of anyone in the dark waters rushing by below. She runs to one person and then the next. Bethany fell overboard. We have to save her. No one hears her. She grabs a life ring off the wall and runs to the rail but no sign of Bethany. Tessa heaves the ring over the rail anyway. Those on deck moan, scream, run back and forth, and vomit. Rosemary stumbles out on deck. Her eye is bleeding. Ben runs up behind her, sobbing. She turns to him and starts hitting his chest hard. He backs away letting out a moan. The sun rises and Tessa still hasn't slept. She helps the captain turn the ship around. He has a hard time focusing. He moves at a turtle's pace and falls into a catatonic state when she doesn't talk him out of it. It takes over an hour and a half to set the ship on its new course when it should have taken 20 minutes. She learns more from the operations binders than she can by interrogating him. At least the autopilot is easy to figure out. The captain slumps forward staring hard at nothing. His eyes are tear-swollen and his lips are dry and cracked. Tessa asks again, what did you see? What was on the TV? Please don't ask me. He begins to cry. It only makes it worse, to remember. She feels bad for him. How about you lie down on the sofa in the break room? She must lead him there. A man built like a ship with a thick barrel of a chest, he now seems frail. Could he have diminished so much in one night? She stuffs bottled waters in a canvas sack and heads down the stairs but turns back and approaches the large cabinet where the weapons are kept. Stepping across the blood where Peter shot himself last night, she has to unlock the cabinet again, and reluctantly she picks out one of the rubber bullet guns, about a foot long and fatter than regular guns. After hanging its gun strap over her shoulder, she uses the captain's keys to relock the cabinet. Starting from the top and working her way down, she walks every hall, visits every bay, and searches out where people may be hiding. 
the second mate cries in her room. Tessa knocks lightly on the door. Are you okay in there? Do you need anything? No answer. On the deck, Bart rocks back and forth. His hands are all bloody and the skin is broken on his knuckles. Packs of weed gum lie scattered around him. She never did care for Bart and is always quoting TV shows, but she genuinely feels bad for him now. She places two waters next to him. Below deck, she nears the living room and can hear news on the TV. Democrat Liz Hunt has won the presidency as votes are still coming in, but this news is overshadowed by an epidemic of suicide and hysteria that has swept the nation. Last night we told you it was a chemical attack but now we know it didn't involve any chemicals. The most important thing is you stay home. Don't attempt to go to work, school, or any gathering place you normally would go. Don't go shopping if you can avoid it. Most stores are closed. Tessa peers in and sees seven, maybe more, figures in the gloom of the TV light. They don't lounge blissfully like they did as recently as the day before. They huddle like prisoners waiting to be led to execution. Tessa pensively calls in, anyone want water? No one answers her so she dumps half the waters out just inside the door. She only searches the ship halfway. It gets too scary for her the further down she goes. All the catwalks around the tanks and the passages that are even too tight for her around the engines would give a mole claustrophobia. In her office, she video chats with Hawkbit. I'm so glad you're okay. I know we aren't supposed to share personal info, but are your friends and family okay? Hawkbit slowly shakes their rabbit head. No, I don't know. Some are fine, but I have some people who got it. Tessa says, I'm sorry. Hawkbit tries to smile. Yeah. Tessa says, the weird thing is, I'm here with others who all got it. They were all watching the news and they won't talk about what happened but they say things like, I can't stop remembering it. It's so horrible. The thing is, I think it was something they saw on TV. Hawkbit says, like someone put a snuff film on TV. Tessa says, something like that. I was watching the same coverage and I didn't see anything but I didn't see the commercials. Hawkbit says, because of the software. Tessa says, yes. Hawkbit says, you should call the number. They're asking for any information and I think they need to hear this. Tessa says, you're right. By the evening the news reports that the attack was an AI weapon using a commercial slot. They have isolated the audio, video weapon and while they won't let anyone watch it, they're examining it bit by bit. Tessa has multiple windows open, code for the anti-ads program, streaming news, and a video chat with Hawkbit. Are you getting this? The feds are botstorming an ad agency in downtown New York. She watches four-legged robots break down a door and rush into an upscale office space. People retreat from their desks and the bots lunge forward. Hawkbit says, yeah, it turns out Russians ran that company. It produces a lot of normal commercials too. So they put out a commercial that induces depression for the least affected and suicide for the most affected. Hawkbit's ears sway with excitement.
that's what it looks like. We need to get our software out there. How soon can you make the changes? Tessa made all the changes already, but she has an idea. I'm not sure if I can finish tonight. But there couldn't be a better time. We need to jump on this before one of the other anti-commercial apps becomes the go-to, choice. Tessa panics in a good way. She quickly inhales through her nostrils. Yeah, I'm on it. I'll work only on this and get back to you tonight. Over and out. Hawkbit says, over and out. The chat window closes. Tessa stands and steps back and forth in the tiny space. Does she have time to hide the Medusa software in the anti-commercial software? She can do that by tonight. But wait. If she does that and thousands install the software, that'll be good for Medusa in the short term, but after the emergency goes away, most of those people will uninstall the software and Medusa will fizzle out. She could code the anti-commercial software to stealth install the Medusa software elsewhere on everyone's connect links, somewhere no one will look and somewhere updates won't take it out. Then the software can erase the hack install code, erase its trail. She quivers with excitement, not noticing her huge grin. At midnight she calls Hawkbit. I uploaded it. Great. Hold on. Let me post it. The movements of the rabbit freeze while Hawkbit is out of camera. The rabbit shudders to life. Done. Two furry feet pop up and down as Hawkbit throws up their arms. Tessa rests her chin in her palm. I haven't kept up with the news. What's happened? Well, so, they say the commercial was supposed to be for a birth control pill so it aired on videos and TV targeting single, educated, professional audiences. Tessa groans. In other words, liberals. Hawkbit nods. Yeah. Um, and suicides have spiked. There's no official count yet because more reports come in by the second. It's over a million though. Tessa feels like she's been socked in the stomach. Can that be right? Yes. Most locations have a curfew, most businesses are still closed, and people are still being told to stay home. But hysterical people are on the loose. What? Well, like people yelling, crying, bodily harm, are wandering around, running like they're being chased. You haven't seen that. Every time I look outside, I see them. I'm in an isolated area. Rabbit whiskers twitch. Lucky you. Tessa feels exhausted. I gotta go. In the morning when she checks on the ship, she finds the med boxes have been opened and the hard meds are taken. Everyone she checks on is seriously medicated. Each face looks up at her with half-sunken eyes if they look up at her at all. She finds Rosemary on one of the bunks. How are you? Do you want any water? Rosemary rolls her head toward Tessa and smiles wanly. I'm okay. Tessa says, do you think you could tell me what happened? Rosemary winces. It's so awful. You can't imagine. It happened so fast. I wanted to look away but I couldn't. Tears flood her eyes. 
Tessa shakes her head. It's okay. You don't need to say. When she gets to her computer it turns out Hawkbit has tried to call over 20 times. She starts a chat. What is it? Hawkbit bounces up and down. Have you checked? We've had half a million downloads just this morning. One of the major carriers is allowing anti-commercial software downloads. Why aren't the other carriers? I don't know, but the other two are conservative-owned and since this is a liberal problem and a problem related to birth control consumerism no less, they don't want to help out. Oh shit, it's like AIDS and gay people all over again. Yeah, GOP is even making it hard to initiate emergency response. The president wants to get military-grade PTSD medicine out to civilians and the GOP is blocking it. God bless America. Yeah. Tessa's chest aches. I feel sick. I need to go. Hawkbit tilts their head causing the ears to lean to the side. Okay. Hey, we did it. Our software is a hit. Tessa says, oh yes. We did. She pushes the S key which makes her avatar smile extra big. We did it. Thank you for listening. My landing page is solomeshan.com. There you can find the companion website to this podcast that includes a timeline and illustrations.